What's good, Liquid Trucking? Welcome in to the Liquid Trucking Podcast, your very own podcast that concerns all things liquid trucking. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Marcus. I am your host, and uh, I want to get just a tiny bit of homework out of the way here because I've got zero time, okay? Nothing. We have three interviews today. They're awesome. We'll get to who we're talking to in just a moment, uh, but I do want to remind everybody out there, if you're a driver and you're listening to this, you're going, hey, I want to be one of those drivers on the podcast. It's easy. All you got to do is go over to liquidtrucking.com, click the podcast link. It's right at the top of the page. It's got my picture on it. You can't miss my big dumb face. So click on that. Uh, that gets you my email. That gets you uh, in touch with everything you need to know about the podcast, including all the places you can find it and uh, you know information on the people that we've actually had join us here. So really cool stuff there. They've done a great job with the podcast portion of the website and of course, Liquid Trucking has just a pristine website to begin with. So we're very happy here on the podcast to be a part of that now. And if you want to be on the podcast, that's how you do it. Once again, head over to liquidtrucking.com. Click the learn more link where you see my big dumb face. So what are we talking about today? Well, it's the known disconnect. That's what the episode is called. And you heard the dial tone there at the beginning and probably thought it was a little ominous kind of a way to start a podcast, but that's kind of what we're talking about is there is a little bit of a disconnect between drivers and dispatchers from time to time. And it might not just be that, you know, you can't get a hold of them on the phone or via text or an email. It might be that things happen uh, at the terminal. Things happen with customers. Things happen that the driver might not ever know about, that the dispatcher might not ever know about. What we're going to find out in this episode as we move forward is that communication is at an absolute premium when it comes to the relationship between dispatchers and drivers. We are going to hear from General Manager Josh Schmidt and Tanner Bowman uh, together. We are also going to hear from Dispatcher James Nuno and Driver Drew Hearn coming back on the show and then we're also going to hear from dispatcher Corey Lyles and driver Ephraim Pena. Uh, it's all about communication, folks, and we're going to do a lot of it today with six different liquid employees. So I hope you enjoy what we've got in store for you. Uh, we're going to just run through these interviews one, one right after another. No chili recipes for you this week, but I might come back with something special for you in that in the next couple of weeks. So without further ado, here's our first interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the gold standard of podcasts for the gold standard of drivers. This is the Liquid Trucking Podcast with your host, Marcus Bridges. Joining me next here on the Liquid Trucking Podcast, I've got General Manager Josh Schmidt on the line. Josh, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, Marcus. And also here with us is load planner Tanner Bowman. Tanner, I appreciate it, man. How you doing out there? Great. How are you guys? Hey, I can't complain. I'm podcasting, so I'm having a good time, but uh, I'll let Josh speak for himself. Yeah, doing well. So today we're kind of talking about the known disconnect between drivers and dispatchers, and I wanted to get into the background a little bit of your guys' experience. Of course, Josh, I know that you pretty much started uh, and worked your way all the way up through the company from bottom to top, but I do want to start with you and, and talk a little bit about the experience that you have in dispatching and how that kind of taught you some of the things that you need to know uh, in, in running the whole company. Can can we start there? Sure. So what what types of things were uh, were surprises for you when you first started dispatching back when? Oh, I don't know if anything was 
really a huge surprise being kind of a, a greenhorn back then. I was I was just here to learn, and uh, believe me, I, I learned a lot. Our drivers have certain expectations when it comes to to their dispatcher, and and that's being able to relay all of the information that they need in a timely manner. So I guess the biggest thing you learn is give them everything that they need to know or they even might need to know and ask that they communicate well with them in return is the biggest thing. And uh, try to keep an even keel uh, temper. Um, those guys are dealing with a, a lot of BS out there. And uh, so when they call and they're frustrated, they, they really need someone to help them and in a calm manner. <laughs> For sure. Now, did you ever take any lumps in that department while you were dispatching where uh, maybe you didn't de- deliver what needed to be delivered in a calm enough manner and upset a driver, had him get after you at all? Absolutely. And, you know, that's the worst mistake that you can make is, you know, just getting frustrated yourself and not realizing that that driver is physically dealing with a problem a lot of the time. And you're sitting behind a desk and you have maybe more tools than they do to, to get the problem solved. So yeah, I was, I was a terrible dispatcher to start. And I like <laughs> to think that I, I improved a little bit, but uh, you know, it's, it's that way for everybody that, that first starts out. And frankly, dispatching uh, on a personal level hasn't changed for the last 20, 25 years since I've been involved um, on the admin side of this company. It's always just about communication and uh, and being good communicators. The best communicators in the company should be the dispatch team. Tanner, you and I talked a lot about, uh, well, not a lot. We didn't get a lot of time together when I was there at the terminal. But when I was there, we did talk about good communication among dispatchers and drivers. How do you try to... Uh, I guess, train that into people that are going to be dispatching. How do you, how do you help them understand that the communication between driver and dispatcher is of the utmost importance and that it needs to be clear, concise, and even keel, like Josh said? Well, um, I think there's only really so much you can, you can try to prepare them for and even train them for, honestly, especially in the line of work we're doing. The, a, a good example would be the fact that we get upwards of 12, 1300 emails a day. So the communication essentially never stops. That communication to the dispatcher needs to be relayed through the, through to the driver. So, you know, it's kind of a sink or swim situation. If you're a poor communicator, it's, it's going to be exposed fairly quickly because the drivers generally don't have time to waste or time to, to put up with those kind of mistakes of not being a good communicator. There's not much you can do in the way of the training aspect. Um, you just kind of, like I said, it's it's a sink or swim situation with the flow of communications that come through either email or phone all day. Well, I'm going to just say this right now. If uh, you ever miss one of my emails again, I refuse to accept any apology that you uh, level because 1,300 emails a day? Are you serious? I can't believe I've ever gotten a response from you. Thank you for being uh, kind enough to actually get back to me. That is an absurd amount of communication coming your way. Uh, how hard is it to, to I guess, distill all of that down into a message that you can deliver to the driver clearly and concisely? I mean, that's that's nuts. I don't, I don't think I've had 1,300 emails come through in the last month. 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's a pretty fine line to walk between uh catching everything and missing just one or two things and um you really got to be on your A game all day uh with the phones ringing and and the emails coming through nonstop like that. It's it can get overwhelming at times for sure. I can imagine. Now, uh I was chatting with Jason Eisenman a little bit and he told me that sometimes uh there's some he he termed it as wishy-washy things that go on uh, with with getting loads and how loads can get canceled or pushed or changed. And he said that, uh, you know, there might be a situation sometimes where, say, 20 loads get picked up, uh, but then canceled after drivers are already dispatched to them. And, and sometimes I think that drivers might kind of see that as an error on dispatch when really it was something that was kind of spurred on by the customer. Josh, how do you guys deal with this type of thing when maybe the driver's a little bit upset about the uh, dispatcher and really the dispatcher's not at fault for what might happen with these loads? Uh, I know things get really hairy out there on the road and schedules change all the times, but that's got to be kind of a tough thing to deal with when your your drivers are, are getting, you know, moved around all over the place. Their schedule's changing constantly. They think it's the dispatcher's fault. The dispatcher's just trying to keep everything in front of them and try to make it all work for the driver. What are some of the, uh, are some of the situations that you've seen? This is kind of a a really poorly phrased question. So I apologize for that, but what are some of the situations that you've seen that kind of surround that? Like, you know, loads getting changed, canceled, pushed drivers, getting upset at dispatchers and the like, can you talk me through that a little bit? Sure. Um, I can, uh, Tanner might be able to express this in a little greater detail, but I'll give it a, an attempt here. Uh, basically, our business is kind of a just-in-time uh, freight business. That's that's the model that we use. So, you know, we, we're getting a lot of communication from customers asking for loads a, a week in advance. Well, as you get closer, uh, their inventory levels change, and they're saying, no, wait, push this. Can you move? You know, they might be calling us today when we have a load for Thursday, hey, can you uh, get that to us here yet this afternoon or or, or Wednesday? Um, I, I guess it's a Tuesday today, but can you get that to us tomorrow or move it up or, hey, we need to move this back? And that screws up the plan. So the schedule is changing every minute of the day. We might have trucks break down. We might have drivers get sick. Like I said, with the customer inventory levels, it can be really hairy the way this is always a fluid situation just having our drivers understand what our business model is is helpful and then again having dispatchers understand that hey this guy had made a plan for his day maybe his next his whole week now you're canceling it on them so be understanding that they might be frustrated but um, i guess we do what's the most profitable here what pays the bills the best what allows us to pay our people the best have the best equipment and that's this just-in-time freight model. Um, being in the middle of the Midwest, we're not the port. We just don't have the ability to book 20 loads a day going from, from point A to point B. That's just not in the card. So we're basically dealing with something different all the time. For sure. Hopefully that, that is a good high-level view of what's, what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tanner, I'd like you to share your thoughts, too, if you have any uh, kind of in the same, in the same realm there. Yeah, no, Josh really nailed it there. You know, we don't we don't always know what a driver's going to be doing tomorrow, 48 hours from now, 72 hours from now even. You know, if they get dispatched from 
Omaha to, to California, sometimes they'll say, hey, this is great. What do I have afterwards? And, you know, we can look in the crystal ball, but we don't always know what's going to happen. Sometimes we, we might have an idea. Uh, we might know a handful of customers we can call for, for last-minute freight like that. But a lot of times it's people seeking us out to to haul the freight, and we just we just don't know what's next. And I think that's one of the biggest learning curves for a new driver even you know, if they come from one of the, the mega carriers where it's, you know, go from A to B, then from B to C, and that's what you're doing five days a week, every year, um, all year, it's pretty easy to go that way. And as Josh mentioned, we're just that's just not our business model. There's it seems there's more money in the chaos, managing the <laughs> chaos. So it's always it's always a unique challenge every single day to, to make sure these these guys out there doing the heavy lifting side of things or are keeping the wheels turning and making money for sure. Now, when you guys come along a, a situation where maybe a customer has ordered X amount of something and then all of a sudden your driver's halfway there and the customer calls back and says, Hey, I, I didn't use all of what I thought I was going to use. I can't store everything that you're bringing me. How do you guys go about handling that with the driver Tanner? Well, we give them a few options. Um, and it, of course, depends where it's coming from and where it's going to. If we have one of our drop lots that we utilize around the country in route or slightly out of route, we, we can give them the option to, to delay it a day for, you know, a, a certain fee. If they say, oh, just, you know, try to delay it four or five hours and I'll, I'll figure something out, then we can do that. Of course, that comes with a fee. You know, it, money makes the world go around, right? So, <laughs> You know, the drivers want to get paid. We want to make sure they're accommodated and, and paid well for all their time. So, you know, part of my job is making sure that if they do decide to order product and, and they misjudge things, then they have to, they, we need to make sure that they're going to accommodate us for our, our time. And uh, if that comes in the form of demurrage or storage fees, or even taking it all the way back to the shipper, it, it is what it is. But, um, you know, it's not like we're unloading pallets of toilet paper and we can just throw them in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> this is pretty specialized stuff. So you better be on your A game if you're going to order products in the liquid world anyways. Absolutely. Uh, Josh, I'm actually not familiar. Well, I'm, I'm familiar, but not overly familiar with the concept of drop lots. And I wasn't aware that you guys had different drop lots that you used all over the country. Um, how do you guys utilize those? How many of them do you have? And uh, how often do they come into play? Well, you know, they're not our drop lots. They're typically a, a wash out customer or a wash out vendor of ours that we use. So, you know, these tanks need to be washed out. We have two wash out facilities of our own in Omaha and South Sioux City, but you know, we're going all, all over the country. So it might be a koala wash. It might be any, any of the other, you know, wash vendors in the country that we use that we go to often. They, they allow us to, to park our, are empty and loaded and clean trailers on their lots um, in exchange for uh, giving them quite a bit of washout business. So that's basically how that goes. Sometimes it's it's a shipper uh, that that we're doing a lot of different work for. So you know it's it just depends. But we we've probably got a couple dozen high traffic drop lots around the country that we utilize for situations like you described. Sure. That's great. And, and I'm, I'm assuming that is a a real lifesaver when it comes to your mileage and and fuel consumption and everything, being able to 
drop something off and leave it rather than having to drive it all the way back to where it came from. Yes, exactly. Tanner, uh, I want to pick your brain here a little bit and see if there's any situations or any stories that you have uh, that might fit kind of what we're talking about here. Obviously, we're we're getting into the fact that communication is at a premium. Uh, sometimes things change on the on the drop of a hat because of the business model as it sits. Uh, do you have any stories that you might share with us about uh, just a crazy situation that you guys were able to get rectified uh, maybe it looked like there was no chance for this one to come out clean, but it did. Anything like that? Gosh, talk about putting me on the spot there. <laughs> there's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of, we. I mean, it seems like every every single day we have some sort of unique situation with the customer not being able to hold something or, or wanting to reroute something. Nothing really sticks out. What I, what I would commend, though, is a lot of times our customers, if they do come to us with some sort of problem like that, they generally already have the answer and they're just, they're just gonna, they're just essentially trying to clear with us, you know, hey, unload half the load here. And, uh, I know it's supposed to all fit, but we need to send it over here. And essentially, they're just verifying it's gonna work for us. And nine times out of 10, it's gonna work for us because they're gonna pay us to move it over there. But every once in a while, if we say, hey, this driver's got time off, he needs to be home. Or, uh, you know, he, li- he lives over in the Chicago area and this load is getting him home. He, he can't go back down to St. Louis. So, okay, well, give us 10, 15 more minutes here to see what we can figure out. And, you know, you'd be surprised a lot of these customers will find a home for it closer to where we need to be if we do give any sort of pushback. It doesn't happen often, but uh, that's just some of the behind-the-scenes stuff we go through daily with the amount of drivers we have and how they're spread out all over the place and, you know, all the different types of customers we deal with, whether it be a, you know, a food processing plant or a, a cattle rancher in Western Kansas, you know, <laughs> they all, they all have different wants and needs. Sure. Well, and, and it sounds like the, the development of good customers and good customer relations is really important for this aspect of the business, because uh, it, it, if they call you with an answer, I mean, that makes your job a little bit easier. I know it's not an easy job. Uh, but at least somebody else is working on uh, solutions like that. So good customer relations, always a good part uh, of doing great business as Liquid does every single day. So, uh, gentlemen, we're up against the clock here a little bit. But before I let you go, I do want to give you a shot to uh, say anything to uh, anybody that's from the company that's listening, drivers, uh, terminal staff or any family members or anything like that that might tune in. Josh, I'll start with you. Uh, the floor is yours to address the company or anyone else. Well, uh, probably the same message I always give. Um, we can't do this alone. Um, we really depend on our quality uh, team of drivers to, to do an excellent job like they always do. Uh, our, our dispatchers, our accounting people, our safety team, our maintenance staff. It, it takes everybody uh, to, to uh, make this work. and. I just want to say that we appreciate every single one of them. You got a great group of people working for you there at Liquid. There's no question about it. Tanner, how about for you? Yeah, no, I'd I'd like to uh, expand just slightly on what Josh had to say there and just remind guys, you know, we we expect the dispatchers to be the the top communicators in the company. Um, And, you know, we just ask that that any information they have, just keep passing that along to us. And, um, you know, it's, Things are a two-way street. If something's, if the driver's not doing something right, you know, we're we're sure to let them know and try to 
show them what they can do better. And we ask that that goes the other way. If, if a dispatcher or anybody here's not doing something right, you know, just pick up the phone and call someone and talk to us about it. Don't let it, don't let it build up and, and get upset and, and, uh, you know, get frustrated with the company and putting your tweaks or anything. There's, there's usually a solution to every problem we run into. So, so don't be scared to talk to somebody about it. The phone lines are always open here when they're not down, of course, <laughs> at the, at the office. Um, so, you know, don't, don't be scared to call somebody and talk to somebody. If you got something you want to, you want to touch face on. Well, put I can there. piggyback off that as well. Um, you know, our, we're not perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect around here. Uh, we're going to make some mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Let's give each other the chance to correct those mistakes and, and uh, make sure we communicate where we're frustrated and uh, we'll get through it together. Yep. Very well said, fellas. I really appreciate it. Communication is at a premium when it comes to drivers and dispatchers and uh, just making sure that everybody keeps a level head seems of the utmost importance, too. I really appreciate both of you being here today, and uh, we'll get you back on again in the near future. All right, fellas? Sounds good. Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, appreciate Tanner. It. Thanks, Josh. Next up here on the Liquid Trucking Podcast, I'm very happy to say I've got a driver and a dispatcher coming on to air all their dirty laundry. Not really, uh, but we do have a driver and a dispatcher here to help talk a little bit about this known disconnect that we are chatting about today. Please welcome to the show for the first time, dispatcher James Nuno. James, how you doing out there? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for being here today, my friend. Oh, yeah, no problem. I've also got driver Drew Hearn back for another uh, sit-in on the podcast here. Drew, we appreciate your time out there. Where are you at and where are you headed today? Uh, I am in Maurice, Louisiana right now, and I am getting ready to hit up a truck stop and hang out and wait for James to let me know where I'm going. Okay. All right. Well, uh, James, how long have, uh, have has Drew been on your roster as a driver? Um, you guys obviously work together. How long has it been? I think it's been about uh, two and a half years. I started here three years ago and got my own drivers about six months after I started. So I think I've had him since i basically been here. So, yeah, about two and a half, three years. And over that two and a half, three years that you've been, uh, you know, having your own drivers as a dispatcher, how do you go about building relationships with the drivers, man? I know it's really important. I know communication is absolutely paramount. So it, it seems to me like you got to develop a pretty good relationship and back and forth with your drivers to make sure that things go smoothly. How do you go about that, James? Uh, you know, just whenever we have some downtime and I have time to actually sit and talk to my drivers, then I will, if I have an extra five to 10 to 15 minutes during the day, then I have no problem, you know, uh, sitting on the phone, bullshitting for 10, 15 minutes, then having to say, hey, got to go. I got to get get back to work, you know. Uh, I had no problem doing that. And I've known, I know Drew's brother, so that kind of helps out with uh, mine and Drew's relationship, too. We have that little common uh, ground that we can connect with right there. That's great. I, I love to hear that you're just picking up the phone to call and chat with drivers because in, in my travels, I get to chat with a lot of drivers and I know that uh, the conversations are always fun when there's not like something specific that we've got to talk about. You get a driver chatting and uh, it's it could be a pretty entertaining conversation. Drew, talk to me about your dispatcher. I, you've had him now, like James said, two and a half years. 
Uh, what can you tell me about your dispatcher and the relationship you guys have formed? Well, it took me a little bit, but I got him whipping, whipped into shape pretty quick, you know, and <laughs> let, let him know how I like to be ran. And, you know, the the less time he has to deal with me on the phone, the better, you know, for the both of us, you know, it's it's one less problem for him not to worry about. And then I ain't got to listen to him yakking all day or whatever. But, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. There's been a couple of times where, like, you know, I've um, – gotten up super early and I knew he was at the office and I was like dog tired and I call him be like hey no one else is awake I just need someone to chit chat with for like 10-15 minutes he talked to me or whatever until he got busy and then he let me go but I mean it, it's not bad it's uh it is a pretty cool thing you know he knows how I run and there's not really a whole lot of uh needing to tell each other how to do you know the job really because he can send me a message he knows how how i like him sent and he just lets me do my thing perfect well it sounds like over the years you guys have really uh kind of fallen into a groove there uh i want to talk about kind of the other side of it because look i know that most of the time it's good i also know that sometimes it can be bad and that that can be beyond both of your guys's control um, I'm not going to ask you guys to air the dirty laundry and talk about a time that you had a, a falling out. But what I will ask, and James, I'll start with you here, is how hard is it to have a full roster of drivers and keep them all happy all the time with all of the changes in the landscape that you guys face from day to day? Oh, it's extremely hard. I mean, these loads are changing, you know, by the minute. So it, it, it's very hard to keep my 20 drivers very happy, but. I mean, we were also running, I think, 160, 165 drivers in the entire fleet. So trying to keep every single driver happy is just not possible. You know, there's, there may be some times where Drew might have to bite the bullet and take a crappy load, but we'll try and pay that back to him by giving him a better load after that. And Drew, talk so to me about what a crappy load is real quick. So as I got to hear about, you know, what the difference is between a crappy load and then the load that he's going to kind of pay you back on. Yeah, we got a load going out of uh, Fort Dodge, Iowa, and I hate that load with everything, every fiber in my body. <laughs> you know, the trailers kind of hang out up there for quite a while, and they get kind of beat up and, you know, used up and everything. So it's it's just that, that runs a battle all around. I mean, it's a pretty easy load to run and actually do, but it's just I, I just don't enjoy it at all. So, you know, very often, not very often do I have to do it, but when I do, it's because I'm going to be going home and that's pretty close to my home. But then when I come back out on the next week, um, James hooks me up with like a Louisiana run or, you know, or um, going out west or something. And so it, it kind of works out, you know, I, I'll, I'll take it as it comes, even if I don't enjoy it. And James, is that true? That that uh, characterization that he gave right there, I'll take it as, as it comes, even if I don't enjoy it. Or does he like to bitch and complain a little bit about that load? No, he he'll take it. As, I mean, he'll he'll throw a little bitch fit every now and then. But <laughs> I mean, he he, he understands how he understands how it is, and you know, we got these loads that got to get done. And unfortunately, you know, he may be the only driver in the position to get that load done. So he's going to unfortunately be the one that's having to uh, take that run and hopefully I can get him something better the next time around. 
I'm not going to make it easy for him either. I'm going to let him know, you know, okay. hey, this ain't, this ain't my run, guy. You know, you can pass off to the next guy, but if there's not a next guy, then I'll take it. But I'm not going to let him take it easy, you know. I, I got to give him something for it. I hear you. I hear you. You got to you have to stand your ground, right? This is a That's this is right. something that we get taught as young kids, stand your ground, stand up for yourself, be assertive. So, well, guys, I I want to turn a little bit towards, you know, the the title of the episode is The Known Disconnect, and that is something that that I talked with Jason a little bit about and he said, you know, drivers and dispatchers are great at keeping in communication until they're not. And I wonder what is when I say the words the known disconnect and I'm talking about drivers and dispatchers, what does that mean to you, Drew, as a driver? I don't believe we have any dispatchers that were drivers. We might. I'm not for sure. But I know James is it. And so, you know, um, he he did drive in the military. But, you know, that's a whole different beast on its own. But out here, you know, just as a civilian running, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that go on that they wouldn't understand you know on why we do something a certain way even though that they think we should be doing it this way or you know if we take a different route you know they they might complain a little bit and be like hey you know you're going you know 40 miles extra than what you need to well you know something could have happened and i have to you know but they really don't complain too much about that but definitely uh you know like um what was it the, the other night I started about eight o'clock in the morning or whatever, somewhere right in there. And I drove until I think close to 11, 10, 11 o'clock that night. And by the time James got in for work, he can look and see who's all on duty and everything. And, you know, obviously I'm not on duty and I'm known to be, you know, an early riser. So, I'm sure he's probably like, you know, oh, hey, what something must have happened or whatever. But it was just the whole parking thing, you know. And that's a big one because I drove around that night and I looked at – I made three different stops to look for parking and I couldn't. And I had to run my clock almost all the ways out before I actually found a place to park. Wow. And so, you know, sometimes that that's something that they might not catch on is, you know, because – Sometimes we have to run over our hours and it's not by our doing, it's by, you know, we're trying to find some place to park and we can't. And so, you know, that's that's one of the big things, I think. Sure. So it sounds like some things that you compete with just as a as a aspect of doing the job might be some things that sometimes the dispatchers don't always uh, understand that that makes total sense. James, I want to go to you here. When I say the known disconnect and I'm talking about drivers and dispatchers, what does it mean to you as a dispatcher? So I never drove for the civilian side, but I drove for the military side. Uh, I did plenty of uh, driving throughout the state um, on the interstates and all that fun stuff, plus on, you know, military bases. So I kind of get a gist of what drivers have to deal with. Granted, I wasn't you know driving a commercial vehicle over the, across the country, but I do get what they have to deal with. They do get their whole parking situation. So I try and understand where they're coming from. And like Drew was saying, you know, he had to drive super late the other night to try and find some parking. You know, when I come in in the morning and I see something like that, usually I'll shoot a text and say, hey, you know, 
just shoot me a tower. Give me a call once you wake up. Like, let me know what's going on, and then I'll go from there. Typically, it's, I'll, I'll assume it's, hey, yeah, you probably had trouble finding some place to uh, park for the night. Well, um, you know, I, I could I could throw in another example, too, is um, I did a uh, load, and uh, where I was unloading at, the customer did all the unloading process, and they air off our load. And typically, an air off load goes pretty quick, but for the reason of a leak that I wasn't able to fix, it took the better part of four hours to get unloaded. And, you know, I called James and let him know, hey, I got this leak going on, and there's nothing I can do to fix it. And as long as the tank holds pressure, they're going to unload it. Well, it held the pressure that they needed to to unload it while it was still leaking. And I had James call me um, a couple times, you know, checking in, hey, you know, what, what's going on? How are things going? Hey, you know, it's, it's going, it's, but it's going slow. And even after it was done, everything James called me, he's like, hey, you know, what What was the exact reason that it took this long to unload? It, it shouldn't have taken this long, you know, and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I told him what, what was going on and everything. And sometimes, you know, there's things out of our control like that that would cause, uh, you know, a delivery to take too long. And, you know, that's something that a dispatcher sitting in the office wouldn't know about if we didn't call and tell them. And even then, they can't even really, you know, they, they can just take what you're telling them and try to draw a picture in their head. But without actually being there, they can't fully understand what what's fully going on. For sure. No, and it's once again, it's just another example of why the communication uh, is so important. Um I am interested to know from both your sides of the coin here, James, I'll go to you first. What are some things that the drivers could do to help the dispatchers better uh, do their job, James? You know, I think whenever there's an issue that pops up, try and give us as much information as possible, you know, uh, that way we're not making multiple phone calls back and forth, trying to gather more information, kind of look at everything as a whole, before you give us a call, if you have to, write it down on a notepad because it could be a lot of things going on at once. And then give us a call, let us know what's going on, give us everything that it is, and then let us go to work so that way we can help the drivers out. So it's kind of an overshare situation where you need to know sometimes even the most nitty-gritty of details to make sure that you can rectify any problems that are arising. You're correct, yeah. Otherwise, we're going to be playing phone tag for maybe... 20, 30 minutes before we come up with a solution or might, uh, or trying to get a hold of the broker or whatever issue that it is. Um, you know, the more information that we have off the bat, the better. Anything else that the drivers can do that would help you guys along? Just communicate, 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 you know, uh, even if it feels like you're oversharing, you know, just overshare with us, uh, especially after hours. I've been getting a lot of newer drivers that, aren't one to call after five because we usually leave the office about five by 30 and they're not wanting to call after five to bother us. But you know, that's kind of our job, you know, give us a call, let us know what's going on. If you have an issue after five, we can still handle it. You know, that's what we're here for. We're here for the drivers to make the driver's life easier. Sure. And, and that's let us know what's going on. That way we can figure it out. And that's what being a good dispatcher is all about is uh, always having that phone, always being available, man. I know it's not easy uh, having a phone in your pocket that could ring 
any minute of any day is always a little bit nerve wracking. But uh, hats off to you guys for for living that life and, and doing such a good job. Drew, what are some things that the dispatchers can do better to help the drivers better get through their day? Hmm, that's kind of a tough question, only because, you know, James is a pretty good dispatcher for me, and he knows how how I do things, so I don't really have a whole lot of complaint on his end of it. I don't know, maybe maybe Lee was alone a little bit more? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would rather talk to my wife than have to talk to James. I mean, James is cool to kick the shit with, but I mean, the wife's calling, hey, Gotta go, bro. You know. <laughs> well, and, and but, I mean, um, he's sitting here trying to get you to overshare. You know, if you want him off the phone, you could just start telling him about a bad rash or something that he really doesn't want to hear about. Maybe, maybe he right. just jumps off on his own accord. You know, right? Well, um, he's done that before too, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 he's called me while I was on the on the toilet. I'm like, hey, man in the bathroom bro and he's like i don't care i got time okay well it's happening man. Right. You, know, you gotta put up with the echo sorry <laughs> that's right <laughs> um no uh so this this run that i just got done doing uh to maurice it's scheduled out for it was scheduled out to be delivered today at one o'clock and to get from where i picked it up at just south of sioux city iowa to get down here to maurice it, it's only like it's a little over a 16 hour drive so, you know, yesterday I made it down to Opelousa, Louisiana, and it's only about 37 miles away. Well, you know, with James knowing how I run and everything, and I know he doesn't really have a whole lot to do with, like, the scheduling of the loads and all that, but, I mean, he was able to get a hold of the customer and get me in sooner than 1 o'clock. But, you know... um, Knowing how a driver runs, you know, because I, I run pretty hard, you know, I keep that door closed. And so, you know, maybe work on, I could see some dispatchers, you know, even though it's set up for a certain time, call the driver and be like, hey, what time are you going to get here? Is that a for sure thing? And if they don't see any problems coming up, then, you know, jump ahead of schedule and start calling the customer and be like, Hey, my driver's going to be here at this time, blah, blah, blah. Can he get in? Can we change the schedule a little bit? Because, you know, I've talked to drivers before where, you know, they, I don't know if it was a miscommunication or no communication from the driver, but they just would sit and wait until, you know, close to that schedule time and then roll on in and just sit for the entire time that they have to, however long it is that they have to wait. And, I don't see no point in that. You know, if you're waiting, you're not making enough money as far as I'm concerned. Sure. So that, that, yeah, that could right. definitely be something. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd much rather see my drivers, you know, driving, you know, that's where they make the most money. I'd much rather see their tires rolling and uh, keep them going as fast as much as possible. Uh, I know that's where they're going to make their money is on the drive line. Since we pay hourly, we have different pay rates for, driving for on duty if you're offloading off uh getting loaded or getting washed out so i i try my best to uh get drivers in early and get them going on our next load that way they can make more money and be happy sure and that's the easiest way to make a driver happy is allow them to earn a little bit more cash man there's no question about that 
Well, gentlemen, oh, for sure. this has been an awesome uh, peek behind the curtain to the relationship between driver and dispatcher. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on today. I also want to give you a chance to shout out anybody that might be listening, uh, any of your uh, co-workers, any of your family, anything like that. Uh, Drew, we'll start with you. If you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Yeah, just uh, thanks to James, you know, for you know being a good dispatcher and everything, and he keeps me running, which I like, so... You know, have, uh, I, I I sum it up as, you know, uh, happy wife, happy life. And my wife loves it when I bring home a fat check. So, <laughs> you know, James has a big part to play in that, you know, keep me running. So I can keep the wife happy, man. So, but yeah, that, that's about it. Okay. And how about you, James? Anything to say to anybody that might be listening? Not really. Besides, you know, communicate with us. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, uh, the drivers may not know about, you know, we kind of have a good idea of what's going on, uh, what's going on with your load, what time you, sh- you should be there. So, you know, we may not be communicating with you right off the bat, but we may be working off behind the scenes trying to get you an early loading appointment or get you unloaded early. So if you think we're not doing anything, I mean, some of us are, we're trying to get you unloaded early, trying to keep you rolling. I got it, man. So everybody's doing their job. Everybody's working hard. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't always go as planned, but a lot of times it sounds like that's out of your guys' control and you're just left to pick up the pieces, which, hey, you do a really good job at that from what I hear. And uh, again, I just want to say thank you to Liquid Driver Drew Hearn and uh, Liquid Dispatcher James Nuno. You guys were awesome today. We'll definitely get you back on in the future. All right. All right. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Where'd you make it to? I am currently in a truck stop quick trip. Uh, I don't know, off of Highway 80? No. Somewhere out yonder. Yep, out here somewhere. Just giving a little peek behind the curtain of what a conversation between a driver and a dispatcher sounds like here on the Liquid Trucking Podcast. Uh, I am joined right now by Efrain Pena, uh, driver for Liquid Trucking. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Thank you for having me. Of course. And also, we've got dispatcher Corey Lyles on the line. Corey, appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, uh, you guys were uh, just chatting a little bit there, and that uh, that did actually make the episode because I was already recording. So uh, just a little, <laughs> like I said, a little peek behind the curtain of what those conversations sound like. Uh, I got you guys on here today because obviously we're talking about the known disconnect uh, sometimes. So I've heard, you know, sometimes it's tough for drivers and dispatchers to uh, stay in touch constantly with all of the drivers that dispatchers are constantly working with and all the different loads. Things can get hairy quickly. And uh, that's what we've got you guys on here to talk about today. Uh, I'll start with you, Efrain. How long has Corey been your dispatcher? Well, since I started about a year and a month ago. Okay, so he's been the only one you've had the whole time. Yes, sir. He started with the best. That's all you got to do. Oh, okay, okay. Now he's getting full of himself. Okay, well, then go ahead. I'm going to have you rate your dispatcher then from 1 to 10. I want to hear it. Oh, Corey, you hear that? Ooh, I'm going to have to. Yeah, give it, lay, it, lay it out. Give it to him straight. Gotcha. I'm going to give him like an 8.5 because sometimes Damn. I don't know. <laughs> No, in all honesty, I'll give him a 10. I'll give him a 10. He gets stuff done. What type of things does Corey do for you out there on the road that make your job a little bit easier? 
I have so many. Did you hear the sarcasm? I did. Nah. He's laying it on pretty thick. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he he helps me out with the loads, making sure I know where I'm going for the next day, even though I hound him a little bit about it. And he's like, give me a minute, you know. But, yeah, he helps me quite a bit with making sure I'm constantly moving. That's good. I, I mean, that's that means you're that's making money. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope. Every good dispatcher's got to have a little bit of that motivation behind him, I would think. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's overall my objective. You guys are here to drive, man. When they're stopped and parked, and granted, this is trucking, it's going to happen. That's my objective. Keep him rolling. Keep the tires moving. You know, those tires are moving. We're making money. He's making money. Company's making money. That's the objective. We don't make money parked and stop that truck stop. Absolutely. And and what's something that uh, Efrain does on your side, Corey, that makes your day a little bit easier? What would you, if you could say, take a trait from him and uh, kind of copy it over to other drivers that you work with, what would that be? Oh, here we go. He stays on top of it. No, I, I honestly, <laughs> he stays on top of his stuff. You know, he, he like to say, he pounds me. You know, I don't know. I have 35 or some odd drivers, 35 or 40, I don't know. But so, you know, it's like you said, it does get hectic, but. You know, he stays on top of me to make sure he knows where he's going next. So I generally, those drivers that load plans for the next day and they're serious about it, they want their loads as soon as possible, try to get those loads planned first so they know where they're going, so they can load plans, so they can have an idea what they're doing. You know, Efrain, he's a younger guy, so, you know, he stays out for me all week, but he has a family at home. So my objective is to get him home as early on Friday as possible so he can have that time with his family and his newborn. So, you know, he, he loads plans. He's very self-sufficient. You know, I can tell him what to do and rest assured that it's going to get done. I don't have to keep checking up on him or micromanaging him in any way. That's great. I mean, that's that's got to be a guy with 35 drivers' dream is that you don't have to worry about him. Yeah, it makes 35 drivers seem like 25. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, was it hard for you guys to, to kind of formulate this relationship? I mean, listening to you talk, you sound like you've been fast friends for a decade plus. Uh, how quickly did you guys start to click like this and know that you were going to work really well together? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think from day one, you can kind of tell, you know, I, I've been, I've been in this business for quite a while. So you can kind of tell those people that are going to be movers and shakers, so to speak, that kind of are going to be those go-getter type, you know, drivers and, I think from day one, he kind of set that tempo and that's kind of been, you know, you feed off of that. The driver shows you he wants to do more. He's not, you know, he's not going to drag his ass. You know, he wants to get stuff done. You know, you lean on those type of drivers because you know what you can get out of them. And so, you know, it goes two ways. You know, if he, if he needs something, Hey, I need off early this day. He knows he can call me and I'm going to get it done for him. So, you know, I think that that was developed and created in the very beginning. Well, me at least. Efrain, I don't want you to throw your shoulder out patting yourself on the back here, but that was a pretty uh, <laughs> pretty good representation there of, of your abilities yeah. and skills on the job. Uh, what did you think when you, you got Corey assigned as your dispatcher? Uh, how quickly did you know that things were going to work out really well for you? Well, I would say the same thing about day one. You know, I went in, I had a good attitude. You know, that's the main thing, you know. Anywhere you go to any new shipper, customer, whatever it is, you know, as long as you got a good attitude going in, they're going to respect that. They're going to look at that and be like, Hey, you know, like this guy could be a good guy. And from there on, you know, I just, Corey had a good vibe. Everybody in the office did and said, okay, I'm going to like this. Now, every working relationship takes its lumps. Uh, obviously you guys wouldn't be as close if you hadn't gone through some stuff together. 
Uh, do you have an example of a story when things kind of went off the rails? Maybe you guys got a little bit hot under the collar with each other, but. Uh... <laughs> well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, okay. okay uh, I, you know, this, I don't know. <laughs> there you know, hasn't been many issues, but, uh, uh, you know, you don't see everything that goes on on the road, obviously, but when those things do come up, sometimes, you know, you have to have those conversations with your drivers and let them know, you know, we can have fun, but at the end of the day, the business, we have to be safe. We have to get this stuff done on time, effectively, efficiently. Um, and, you know, there was an incident recently that I had to sit down with that frame, and it was an issue that he didn't want to discuss because I think he more so wanted to forget it. But, you know, you have to have those tough conversations. So I had to sit down with him, you know, lay the law down, so to speak, on what the expectations were, and we don't want to have this happen again. You know, you're a good driver. Let's don't let this one incident kind of set the precedent for the future. So, you know, those are the type of incidents you don't want to, but you have to. Sometimes you have to have the tough conversations, and it's not me trying to be an ass, um, you know, but it's what the expectations are. And I think I think from my perspective, he received it well, you know, starting talking to the dad voice, so to speak, and <laughs> we're going about our day, you know, and we, we learn from those mistakes. But that's pretty much the gist of it. There's really been no huge incident other than, you know, the one we're speaking of, and he knows what it is. Yeah, I do. And, you know, when it something goes on and I take full fault, full responsibility for something, whatever it is, you know, I'm not going to try to blame it on somebody else or any of that. You know, when something happens, I want to take the responsibility. It was me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I think we, that everybody, every dispatcher would like that out of a driver. Just take responsibility for what uh what you may have, you know, caused, whether it be on purpose or not on purpose, uh, you know, that's that's part of being an adult, right? I mean, we're all out here trying to pull our weight, take responsibility. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't want my drivers. Uh, there's something that goes on. I want my drivers to feel comfortable, comfortable and confident enough that they can call me first. I'd rather hear from them than somebody else. Cause that's when, you know, that's when the temper flares is when I have to find out something from somebody else instead of learning it from my driver. I don't like being blindsided. For sure. Definitely. And always follow the chain of command, whatever it is. Like you said in the last episode, sometimes Corey may not be able to take all the calls because, you know, there's so many people calling him at once that, you know, it gets overwhelming. But you got to follow the chain of command. Give him a little bit of time, you know, so he can call you back. But, you know, just don't go over and beyond. Sure. Don't call him when he's sleeping in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m. You've never done that, have you? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they know better. <laughs> yeah, they know better. There has been a couple of times that I wanted to, but I'm like, ah, no, I no, no, no. He waits till 4.30 a.m. to call me. Oh. He at least gives me that much. Oh, how nice of him. That's, you know, right at the right at the best part of the morning, 4.30 a.m. <laughs> hey, yeah. there's some issues, you know, you got to let him know, hey, I'm going to be a late start because of this or that. And yeah. Hey, I can't get fuel. Where are you at? I don't know. <laughs> well, grab a coffee and a donut because it's going to be a long day. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I really, I, one thing that I'm curious about, Efrain, is this your first uh, dro- job as a driver? No, it is not. I was actually a flat better before this. Okay. So did you have some experience with some less than uh, acceptable dispatchers in your previous career? Oh, yeah, I could say I have. <laughs> <laughs> What about those guys uh, didn't work out? Like, why did they suck? Uh, some of the reasons is because they would never be on top of their game. One thing is, you know, at least Corey, he gets back to me 
when he needs to or whatever issue I have. Uh, the last dispatch I had was for Dragon is being he wanted to get back to me for a couple days, roughly. And hey, yeah. And it just would be I wouldn't know where I would be going the next day or anything, or I wouldn't know like last minute or things like that where they're not on top of their game and they just don't pay attention to small details. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, and that's, it's, I think it comes down to some consideration for the person on the other end too, because, you know, you can tell that you guys care about each other. I mean, if, if one of you guys uh, was in a stitch, it sounds like the other one would be there to help out if needed. If you don't have that type of connection with the person that is, is your dispatcher as a driver, I imagine that the driver doesn't have that connection or the, excuse me, the dispatcher doesn't have that connection they don't care about you as much as a person. They're less likely to put a lot of concern into how your day is going to shape out. Yeah, yeah. that's true, man. You, you got to have respect and, you know, yeah. mutual respect goes a long way. You know, I'm, I'm no stranger. These guys get up and leave their house and leave their family. And it's not something that I would do. You have to respect that. You know what I mean? That thing is they're putting it all on the line and leaving their family for a week. I leave my family for a day and I get pissed off sometimes, you know, I like, I got, I got a 20 acre farm. I'd much rather out there, you know, shooting something, growing something, whatever. But, you know, you get up and you leave your home and, uh, you, you take those risks, take those chances for the rewards. And you got to have that respect for these guys because they're out there doing the job that a lot of people won't do. Absolutely. Very well said. Uh, actually, you know what? Before we go any further, I do want to ask, uh, Efrain, you, I heard the, the word newborn mentioned earlier. Uh, congratulations, first and foremost. How old is the little one? The little one is a year and a half right now. Oh, okay. All so, right. So, newborn, but yeah. yeah newborn. No, he's, he's a little toddler. He's a toddler. Let's go yeah, that. there you go. Toddler's better. I mean, I look at it in the in kind of from the scope of the room. It's newborn if you're comparing it to all of us. Uh, but yeah, as yeah. far as as far as conventional <laughs> wisdom is concerned, we can go with toddler there. Uh, boy or girl? <laughs> he is a boy. All right. And so is it like when Corey talked about breaking out his dad voice, I imagine if you called him at 2 a.m. is when you'd get peak dad voice. Are you taking notes for when, <laughs> you know, you get older and you got to break out your dad voice of your own? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like Corey's <laughs> got a pretty good dad voice. I, I don't know, but it sounds like it. Oh, God. <laughs> I get a temper sometimes. I try not to let it show, but certain things just piss you off. What do you do? Exactly. You get pissed off. That's. I mean, I don't think you have a choice there. <laughs> I mean, I can't hit them through a phone. So sometimes you gotta yell at them. Yeah, you can wait behind the door in the break yeah. room, though. Sooner or later, he'll walk in. Uh, there, usually, right? when he starts yelling, I can just go ahead and hang up and then call him back and be like, "Are you done yet?" <laughs> yeah, and then he gets routed through the yard the next day, and he knows what's up. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, you know, I asked, I asked Efrain this question, Corey, I'm going to ask you too. What types of things would you copy about Efrain and, and, uh, you know, teach other drivers on how to, how to be like him? Uh, efficiency and punctuality. You know, those are two things in this business that, uh, uh to be successful, man, you have to be punctual. You know, uh, I used to run other trucking companies at the higher up and I operated those companies off a set of core values. And one of those core values was do what you say you're going to do. Uh, you know, and Efrain, he certainly does what he tells me he's going to do. You know, I don't have to tell him, hey, get your ass out of bed. You know, 4.30, 5 o'clock, he's up and moving. You know, it's 10 and up. And that's 
those are the things, you know, you get some drivers, they want to spend 12, 13 hours in sleep or birth. They drag their ass, they're late to a load, you know, and then I'm here left on this side kind of dealing with, you know, the consignee or, or the shipper. And, you know, those are the type of things. But efficiency and punctuality, you know, be a self-starter, be self-motivated. You know what you got to do. Let's get out there and get it done. You know what the expectations are. That's, that's anything more than that. You can't really ask for a lot out of a drive. Sure. Well, I think you just uh, you just went through a checklist on why I wouldn't be a good driver right there, because, you know, 12, 13 <laughs> hours in a sleeper berth. That sounds like one hell of a nap, man. I'm in. Uh, but I also understand you guys got some good TV in your trucks as well. So it's like I can see it get, being hard for a guy like me, but I'm glad to hear uh, if Randy, that you're driven and motivated and punctual. That is one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Don't tell me you're going to be here at five and show up at 10 after. I can't stand that. And I imagine yeah. how tight your guys' schedules are and all the different changing things in the landscape of, of what you deal with during the day. Man, being punctual is is like top-notch important. Yep, definitely. And like I said, you know, going back to what I said, you know, as long as, like I said, Corey's pretty on top of this stuff. And he lets me know where I'm going the next day. So that helps me plan, you know, when to shut down, what time do I got to be there and all that. Like you said, you know, I'm usually up. Well, there's times where I leave at three in the morning. So that means I wake up at two 30 in the morning if I'm home or whatever it is, you know, get rolling, you know, drink my coffee, energy drink, whatever you need, a little gym time and get going. You know, you're not going to be sitting there the whole time and then get to your drop off late. And that's where issues start. And obviously dispatches don't like you being late. No. And when I don't answer your phone calls, I'm dealing with somebody else. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is crazy, Corey. I mean, he you you kind of talk about him like he sounds like a model driver, but I got to be honest, Efrain, you sound like a model human. Like you're in the gym, you're up early, you got your coffee and your caffeine. Uh, I don't board. believe that. <laughs> <laughs> he has one of those little squishy balls. That's what he does. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hey man, <laughs> workouts a workout. All right, I got a grip tester up oh, here yeah, in the studio definitely. and. I just got my workout in right before this call. It was all of 30 seconds and <laughs> right. my wrists feel great. So, uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, it doesn't take much. I mean, even if the driver is at a truck stop or wherever he's parked, just walk around the lot a little bit, you know, wake yourself up and get some blood pumping. Absolutely. It doesn't take much. Absolutely. No, you're right. And, uh, actually coming up around the corner here, uh, maybe an episode or two in the future, we're going to have uh, a few professionals on to talk about ways to help stay healthy on the road and in my in my past dealings with uh, with doctors, you know, I have a physical therapist that I've chatted with about this type of thing. And he had a story that he told me about that. It's kind of down the same lines, uh, Efrain, where he said I had a driver that drank 24 regular Pepsis every day of the week. Ooh, and he was, damn. of course, really unhealthy. But he said I, oh. the way that I started to turn this around was I said, can you make one of them a diet? And the guy started drinking 23 <laughs> regulars and one diet a day. And it's just incremental, man. If it's one lap around the truck, that gets your blood pumping. That's good. Next day, make it two, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I don't even want to know what 24 Pepsis look at, would look like uh, on the other end. That's just, oh. I mean, I can't. How the hell do you get anywhere? You're always pulled over trying to piss somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I've seen those highway Gatorades uh, enough to know that they're oh. getting it done, man. <laughs> uh, oh, T-Bottle Louie, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the jugs and the 
comedians and everything. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys seen it. I mean, you, I, I can't even imagine how many of those you see. Actually, Efrain, that's a good question. Are there worse stretches for uh, for pee bottles on the side of the road than others out there in the U.S.? <laughs> Gosh, man, I can't tell you Are you a pee time, bottle kind of sewer? Oh, no, no, no. no. I I like truck stops. I like truck stops or porta potties, whatever I can find. Like, imagine just, like, I don't know. Imagine missing for some reason in your cab. You know, I I cannot. I think about it all the time. That's all I think about is missing. Or, like, you know, you go to throw it out the window and the cap's not all the way on. Like, something like that. Just, yeah, no thank you, man. And I'm, I need. Yeah, poor car behind you. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I will tell you this, since I asked you that question, I challenge you to not think about that now when you're driving down the road and you see one, you're gonna be like, man, am I on the bad stretch right now? You're gonna start counting them. So next time we have you on, we'll, we'll have our research project commence, man. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, fellas, uh, we're running up against the clock here a little bit. I've really enjoyed having you on today. This has been a really fun conversation. And, uh, just a great peek behind the curtain of, of the relationship that forms between drivers and dispatchers. Before I let you go, I want to give you one chance to uh, shout out anybody that might be listening, whether they be working for Liquid or not. Uh, the floor is yours, Corey. You can say whatever you like. All of you Bardo drivers. Thank you. You make my life very easy. I appreciate what you do day in and day out. Keep it going, man. Stay safe. And as always, I'm here when you need me. Love the shout out to Bardo. We don't get a lot of those on the podcast. Always happy to keep them involved. So thank you for that. Uh, Efrain, you're up next, man. Anything you want to say? I just want to give a shout out to everybody in Liquid Trucking who's helped from the maintenance shop in Plattsmith all the way down to Bardo Maintenance. You know, whenever I need something, they're always there. And if I need a tow or something, they always come out and get me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, fellas, uh, that's that's uh, Corey Lyles and Efrain Pena from Liquid Trucking. You guys are awesome. Stay safe out there, Efrain, and we will be back in touch with both of you soon, okay? Perfect. Thank that you. is Mr. The Pena. That is what he's going to say. Mr. The Pena, okay. The you get one message, the Pena. <laughs> Mr. The Pena, I got it. All right. Yeah. You guys will whip me into shape sooner or later. I might take longer than a driver yeah. or dispatcher normally would, but I'll get there, all right? <laughs> We'll get you there. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Time to shut her down for the night. My clock is out of time, and we are also out of time here on the Liquid Trucking Podcast. Really appreciate you all stopping by today, and uh, don't forget to click that subscribe button. That helps us out a lot. And also, once again, just to reiterate what we talked about off the top, if you want to be on this podcast, you can definitely make that happen. Head over to liquidtrucking.com, click the learn more link next to the picture of me and the podcast logo, and that'll take you to a landing page where you'll get everything that you need. I want to say a giant thank you to all of the people that stopped by and shared their time with us today, starting off with Josh Schmidt, GM of Liquid Trucking, and load planner Tanner Bowman, dispatcher James Nuno, driver Drew Hearn, dispatcher Corey Lyles, and driver Efrain Pena. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate all of the insight. And, uh, you know, that that conversation with Corey and Efrain was so great because I feel like if they were sitting there next to each other rather than on the phone, they'd be punching each other in the arm or throwing spitballs at each other, you know, Stuff that friends do. And uh, I love to hear 
those relationships kind of get featured here on air. So big thanks to all you guys. Hats off to everyone out there at Liquid. You guys are doing a great job. It's a great company to work for, and I'm having an absolute blast doing this podcast for you. So tune in next week, and uh, you'll see what we've got in store. I'm not even sure yet. I've got so many things to talk about, we haven't even pinned it down. Or maybe we have, and I just don't want to tell you yet. You decide. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in and being the gold standard of drivers on the road. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and tune in next week for another episode of the Liquid Trucking Podcast.